0: Welcome. Merry Christmas. Is that too early? Am I supposed to just wait till next week? No, it feels right. It feels right. We're glad you guys are are here to to worship with us. And we are wrapping up a series today called Painting a Bright Future. My name is Alex Barrett. I'm the campus pastor here. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about how Christmas is a time uh, for us to realize maybe for the first time or remember if we already knew it that When Jesus came to earth, it wasn't just an event that changed uh, history and what had been. Uh, It's actually an event that changed the future and and where we can actually head, even for us uh, today. And many times when we think of the future, we think of a path that we walk on. How do we kind of align ourselves to walk on the right path to the future that, that we hope for, that matches up with kind of our goals or our dreams or ambitions with the same people we want to be with or you know, we look for a path. Well, what Christmas is, is actually a time where it's not so much a path, it's actually about a person, and the person is Jesus Christ himself. And so we've been looking at how Jesus coming gave us things in himself, in the person of Jesus Christ, that, that we actually need and, and long for. And we started the series talking about the, the gloom and the doom that we can face in life, the things that are overwhelming, discouraging, that can kind of be a weight upon us. And how Jesus coming actually came to give us joy. Uh, we actually long for joy. We long for something that can get up, get us up in the morning, that can keep us moving ahead. But many times our circumstances or even people around us whom we love, they just they can't give us that same joy that Christ gives us. And that's because he's the person that we need, the person of Jesus Christ. And then last week we talked about how sometimes our bright future is tainted by our own sin, The fact that we mess up, and we mess up a lot. In fact, we mess up every day, and many times when we mess up, we can get into these spirals of discouragement, spirals of beating ourselves up, and oftentimes we just find ourselves further and further, like in a cave, and we can't get out of it. And so last week we talked about how when Jesus came, not only did he bring joy, but he brought grace. That no matter what we've done, things that we've said, things that we've done, no matter. Any of those things that through Jesus Christ, we can actually connect again with God, our father who wants to lead us. And so with that, there's a bright future because we're not disqualified. And for me personally, and I'm hoping for you, joy and grace are, are motivating. Those are the kinds of things that I want a part of my future. Those are the things I want actually right here and now. And that's what Christmas is a time to celebrate. We can experience those things through a relationship With Jesus Christ. That's what Christmas is all about. In the middle of all of Christmas, isn't it sometimes the busiest time of the year? There's a song, It's the Most Wonderful Time. Finish it. That was actually better than I thought it would go. And when I said I thought, that was like three seconds before I started singing it. That's how much thought I'd given to that. But, that's, that's what we sing. It's the most wonderful time of the year. But for me, in the middle of it being wonderful, it's also the most busiest time of the year. That doesn't sell as well like when you're trying to drive in your car. It doesn't have the same ring to it. But Christmas is always running from this to that, trying to finish up work just so you can have this break. But Christmas, despite being busy, it's such a great opportunity to actually stop and slow down, to consider, consider things that we might have forgotten about the reason that we celebrate, consider where we are and where God wants to take us. And so my hope is that again today, just like over the last couple of weeks, you'll have time to stop and to slow down and to consider the difference that Jesus Christ coming to earth means for us here and now. Today's message is called light of the world. And that's why Jesus came to bring light into the darkness. Many times though, light Is something we take for granted. You don't realize how important light is until you're in the darkness. In my garage at home, uh, there's no electricity. And you know it's like first world problems where you actually have to manually raise a garage. Any of you actually have to manually raise your garage? All right. Welcome. Right? How many of you get to press a button and it just raises up? Okay. Congratulations. Right? What's awesome about a garage door that, you know, operates through electricity is you press the button or you're in your car. You don't have to get up and you press it and it it just raises up and a light comes on. Well, my house, like you have to manually get out of the car, turn the knob, hope to not catch your fingers and all those little components that fold up. But there's no light inside either. But about a year ago, we got the sensor light and the sensor light is great. It gives light to our dark garage at night. The problem is it's on a timer and I don't know how to like adjust the timer. It gives me about 10 seconds of light. Okay. Now that's great when you pull into your garage and you close the doors and you leave, but it's not good when you need to go work in your garage and grab things off of like your storage rack that's on the the third tier. So I get a chair and I have to grab like the Christmas tree like I just did a few weeks ago. And I'm, I, you know, you wave, you got the sensor, you're like, where's this? it's the sensor sensitive, but not as sensitive as you hope, you know, and I'm waving and it goes off and I start to count on no, 10, nine. And so I get the chair and I'm climbing up and I've got the third rack and I've got the tree. Well, the sensor goes off, the light goes off and I'm holding the tree. The issue is though, is the sensor doesn't go on from the spot I'm currently standing. And I have this Christmas tree. And I'm just, well, I could step down, but I don't exactly know where I am because it's completely dark. I put the tree back. Get down. Ten. Now, and this time I'm going even quicker. And finally I get the tree down. And like you may think like I make this is real life. This is this is a Saturday night at my house. OK, this is the fun times. Take that for granted, though. I don't realize how much I need the, the light until I'm in the darkness. And this is how life is for us. We're not thinking person, we're thinking path. Christmas is the time for us to realize it's not the path, it's the person, the person of Jesus. But in our world, maybe what we grew up thinking is that there's certain things, paths that we take that will bring light into our life. And if you go down this path, it's going to be illuminated for you and life will come together. In our culture, in our family, in our experiences, in the heroes we have, we see their paths that they have set. And we think this is the path of the light. This is where I can have the greatest future. For some of us, that's status. And so we we kind of want to achieve in our life and we want to go through our education and get as far as we can to the best school that we can to get the best degree that we can to achieve status. Because if we get status, then we can maybe get some influence. If we have status and influence, then there's a sense of we've achieved, we've, we've arrived. And we think this is the path that that's lit for us. Uh, for some of us, it's, it's maybe even more than, than status it's success. It's okay. Yeah, I can, I can have, I can have the good job and I can, have, I can have the right kind of people in my life, but I want that to actually bring certain things. And so as long as I have a good job that down the road brings me enough money and, and we're told if you can make enough, and if your status brings you achievement and things that you can show for your time and your hard work, then, then you're on this lit path. So it's status, it's success. Or one of the, the most popular ones is the, the light path that everyone seems to go on is independence. And there's a the phrase, you do what you want to do. And how do we finish that? I do what I want to do. That seems like life just everything fits together, right? If you do what you want and you don't mess with me, and I do what I want and I don't mess with you, then we're just like this worldwide puzzle that all fits together, and everybody gets what they want. Is that how it works? Any of you guys have kids? Is that how it works? Coworkers, friends, it doesn't work. But we're told, independence. You do what you want. I do what you want. You're happy. I'm happy. Right. But it's not true. It actually doesn't work. And what I realize is the status, the success, the independence. It's the light in my garage. It flickers and you have it for a moment. And as long as you give a lot of energy to it, it shines. But then what happens after 10 seconds? It's dark. And this is the world in which we live. Do better, be better, achieve your own boss. Lead your life. As long as you're happy. And we have a little bit of light for a moment and then it turns off. The path doesn't lead to the light. We need a person and this is what is so crucial about Christmas. Everyone has lived life for the years that they've lived and all they experience is this light that flickers on and off. And sometimes they have to move and they have to be in the right spot at the right time and it turns back on. But then maybe time again it doesn't work and they're just trying to figure out the new avenue. Well, status this time, now I need success. Wasn't success now, now I need the relationship. Well, it wasn't relationship now, now I need my independence. Well, independence doesn't work because I'm alone. And so everyone's just spiraling, shifting around in darkness, trying to get that ray of light. And Christmas is the time when Jesus came and said, I am here. The light has come. All of you in darkness, that have just experienced the flicker where it's here and then it's gone, can now experience the light that never fades. And if you're following along in the handout, that's the first point. And that is that Jesus came and he is the light of the world and darkness cannot overcome him. He's the light of the world. And that's the greatest part about Christmas is that Jesus coming a little over 2000 years ago, was not contained to a specific location. And we celebrate many times the story of Christmas. If you've been around church, you know about Bethlehem and there wasn't room in any of the inns and so he's born in a stable. And many times the story and the narrative is focused on the specific place. And that's great because it was historical. As you dig in the Bible, you find it really happened. So it's real and it's true. But Jesus didn't come to be contained in Bethlehem. The light didn't come just to shine on the region of the Middle East. The light came to shine on the world. And he also didn't come to be contained to a specific time frame. He didn't come just to be a part of history. It was historical. It was real. Him coming happened. But the light that came to earth over 2,000 years ago shines today. And those that waited for him to come, that were there at the same time, got to see him in the flesh. But here today, that light is still with us. That's what I want to talk about, how Jesus is the light of the world. Now, I want to kind of walk through some scriptures uh, in the book of John. Now, the last couple of weeks, I've looked at the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah, and these were prophecies of the coming of Christ about 700 years before he came. That's what's great about the Bible as well. You read about things that are projected to happen before they happen, and they actually do happen. And that's one of the ways that God confirms that he's real. He says things are going to happen and they do. That's a part of like, wow, he, he's reliable and trustworthy. And that's what you find with the birth of Christ. But the narratives of Isaiah are talking about him coming 700 years and they're not following the narrative of the story as much as who he is. Because again, it's not in the path, it's in the person. And in the book of John, his narrative in the New Testament of Jesus' life is different than Matthew, Luke, and Mark. They have a little bit more of the narrative. John talks a little bit, again, of why. Why does this make a difference? Why does Jesus' coming change anything about our life that we would care about? And so I want you to kind of read this in terms of the why. Why, why is this so important? Here, here's the statements in John. And I'm going to start with verse four. It says this in him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There's a few things in there. Uh, he's the life. OK, this is, again, reaffirming the fact that Jesus came and was born. He came in the flesh and he came to dwell among us. I spoke last week of how this is what links us to God. It's God is approachable. Many times we've visioned of God or we've heard about God. He's this distant entity that has no impact on life. But with Jesus, he came in the flesh. And he was here. And that song that we just sang, Emmanuel, that means God with us. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. He was here with us. So in him was life. And in that life, we can relate to him. And in that life, we can actually connect with God again. Because he came to bring us out of the darkness. There's another description. So he he was the the life and then he's the, the light of men. And this is talking about the purpose for which Jesus came. Jesus actually came to shine in the darkness. When Jesus was asked about why he's here, he says, I'm here to seek and save that which is lost. Lostness, the same as just this darkness. You're just, looking for little flickers of light but you can't move forward. It's dark. You can't navigate. So the purpose was to shine light in the darkness. And the best picture is to remember what darkness feels like. It's this idea of you're you're alone. You're looking for ways ahead, but the path is not clear. Jesus came to show you how to move forward as you follow him the person of Jesus Christ. And then the last part, darkness will not overcome. Now this is where this painting a bright future really comes alive. Because again, if he came in joy and he came in grace and he came to bring light, what it means is the darkness that you've experienced because of what's been done to you or the darkness that you've experienced because of what you've done does not disqualify you from following Jesus. I don't know about you, but that is the greatest news about Christmas. Christmas is the reminder that the light came, and my own darkness in my own heart and the things that I've done is not too dark. The light repels it, and it's no longer dark. That's what it means when you follow Jesus and he forgives you, he doesn't hold it against you anymore. You're innocent now because of himself, the light. The light is pure, and darkness shall not overcome it. No one is too lost. No one is too far gone. This is why Jesus came. He's the light of the world, and he cannot be overcome. Uh, Next verses after that, John 1, 9 says this. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Go on to 11. 11 says, He came to His own, and His own people did not receive Him, but to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. And then verse 13 says this, Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Go ahead, go back to, to verse 9. I want to highlight a, a couple things. Again, the true light has come. He's here. His purpose is to shine in the darkness. The darkness, which represents the whole world. Hope, you know, hopeless and and lost without Jesus. But then also the darkness within ourselves, within our own heart. So he comes to redeem the world and he comes to redeem us. We're a part of that. This is the the true light. But then it speaks of he was made, yet the world did not know him. And then it goes on and it talks about in verse 11, he came to his own. He's talking about the, the Israelites the Jewish people. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. So now this is the picture of rejection. And if you're yet, you know, not yet a follower of Christ, this may be part of you. You just, you're not sure if his light is the real light. You're not sure if you want to follow him. There's a part of where you're just contemplating, is this real? And that's nothing new. And there's a part of If you're a Christ follower, you're going to be face to face with the fact that Jesus will always be rejected by some. Even his own people, the people that knew of the stories of him coming when he came thought, no, it can't be real. It can't be true. This is the picture. Have you guys ever like had this just the best sleep of your life? And you've got like those blackout curtains. Have, Have you ever experienced the black? Those are like the best things ever where you could. It's like being in a cruise ship on the inside cabin. It's dark because there are no windows or light. And you wake up. I went on a cruise years and years ago. We had an inside cabin. There's no windows. I woke up and I was like, oh, my goodness, it's so early. And I thought it was like 6 a.m. I was like, well, I'm on a cruise ship. There's food, right? It's not too early. And it was like 1030 in the afternoon, 1030, 1030 in the morning. And it was the weirdest thing. I had no, no concept. But, but if someone were to come in that point and just housekeeping, they're like, wake up, Mr. Bear, and turn the lights. What am I going to do? Thank you! No, if, if that light comes on, remember like parents ever wake you up? Like you gotta wake up, go to work, do chores. Remember that back in the day? Like, wake up and, oh goodness! And you pull the covers and stop, gosh, stop! And that's like the rejection that people have of Jesus. It's like the light penetrates the darkness and people are like, but I like the darkness. I like that. I like doing what I want. I like to live in secret. I don't want to know the way forward. It's the this, this sense of in the depths of despair. Sometimes that's what we're comfortable with. That's what it's saying. This true light, which penetrates the darkness, reveals that some long for the darkness, even though there's no life there for them. John's writing this. Just be prepared. There's going to be parts in your own life where you don't want the light because darkness is a little more, more comfortable. Living in secret is easier. He's saying also there's going to be times when people, they don't care that you have light. They don't care about Jesus in your life. His own people rejected him. The very people that put him to death. But again, he's life and light. And even though they killed him, he rose again. And the light was not overcome. And he shines today. So there's there's rejection that's involved in our own lives. but This picture that John is saying is the light has come. But when you decide to follow Jesus, the first step of the light of the world is he wants to shine in you. That's what it means to follow Jesus Christ. He shines in you first. So what that means for me is every day I have a choice. Will I let Jesus shine his light? on my own heart because my own heart can get dark real quick. My outlook can get dark. My attitude can get dark. And If you're a Christian, this is, this is just part of the battle. It's realizing and remembering Jesus wants to shine the light within me first. This morning, I wake up usually early on a Sunday and kind of get things prepped. And I woke up this morning and I was like really unmotivated. To connect with god have you ever experienced that this this sometimes there's just a battle where i just wake up and i'm not that motivated and i just i recognized it and, and it was just this like i'd actually really just like to sit and do nothing than connect with god or sometimes like i want to connect with god but then everything that i need to do that week becomes like the most productive time just oh i got to do this i got to do that and, I become unmotivated. I become distracted. And this morning I just, I just recognized, I said, God, I am, I'm unmotivated to connect with you. In fact, I, I don't really want to. But God, will, will, you, soften, will you soften my heart? Because I know that his light needs to shine within me. And as you, as you push past that feeling of being disconnected from God, You allow the light of the Word of God, and that shines. And as you read the Scriptures, this is how the light shines. It's truth. God has this way of, in His truth, the light begins to penetrate all aspects of us on the inside. Many times we think, God shines this light, and it's like a spotlight, like we're a prisoner trying to escape. And we're trying to escape, and we think God's just like, freeze! And we think that's a relationship with God, like, just... As long as the spotlight doesn't shine on me from his control tower. That's not what it is. It's actually the light shines in, inside. And he shows you things about yourself you need to change. He shows you the kind of person that he wants you to become. That's what happens in a relationship with a person, not a path. He changes us. So this picture of Jesus coming the light of the world, he wants to shine in us. And as he shines in us and he shows us things about ourselves, we can begin to change. And he changes from the inside out. This is what being a Christian is all about. God, shine in me. Show me things about my life, my own agenda, my own ambition, my intentions, my attitudes, my words. Show me things within me that I need to change. Do you know God will actually show you? That's what, again, makes him real. You ask him to show you, and he does. And you're like, okay, God, I've got the message. I've got the message. This happens again and again in my own life. One of the things just recently is, you know what? I need, to, I need to be patient with people. That happened through God shining the light. I saw, like, he is a patient father with me. This is the kind of person, the man that he wants me to be. And again and again, God does that. And it shines the light from the inside. But then this is what transforms us to now shine the light on those around us. And again, the light of the world of following Jesus is not just meant to be contained within us. He wants to shine in us so he can shine out of us. And that's the second that's the second point. For those who follow Christ, as he's shining in you, we now we are now children of the light who must shine. As Jesus shines within us, he now can shine out of us, and the two are connected. If we're not spending time with God and allow him to to work on our heart, guide us, lead us forward, relate to him as we would a person, the light doesn't shine out of us. But Jesus, the light of the world, the reason he shines today, people can't see him. They can't see him in the flesh, but you know who they see? all those who follow him. That's how his light continues through the people who follow the true light. This is what you find in in scripture in John 12, further in some chapters. It says, so Jesus said to them, the light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become Sons of light. So you see this this kind of continuation. There's this walk while you have the light. And Jesus is saying, like, while I'm here, follow me. And as you follow me, you represent the light. You represent why I've come. You become a son, a daughter, a child of the light. You become a children of, of God. The very characteristic of this light coming to illuminate to lead people forward can now be true of, of our own life. And then John 8:12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, "I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life." This is actually a verse that I put as a next step today that you, that you can memorize. What a great reminder. He has come so we don't have to be in darkness anymore. Through our pursuits of the flickering light of status, success, achievement, independence. He came so we don't have to walk in that anymore. But that we could have the light. This is the picture of a different identity. And this identity gives us a new purpose. And that's what you find again and again in a relationship with Jesus. New identity leads to a new purpose. And we are meant to shine. That's our identity. You become a child of the light. And as a child of the light, our role is to shine. New identity gives new purpose. And we must shine. Jesus himself said this in uh, Matthew 5. In verse 14, he says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. So he's talking to his followers. You're the light. In the middle of darkness, you are the light. In the middle of despair, you are the light. In the middle of everything people are going through, you are the light. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Children of the light, they shine. They can't help, but as Jesus is working within us, it just it comes out, the difference that he makes, the hope that we have, the grace that we've been given. We extend this. And again, we extend it because of what he's doing within us. This is a picture of a relationship with Jesus. He changes us, and that becomes part of our identity. It is our identity. It becomes our purpose to shine this light. And so he talks about, a lamp and putting it under a basket. So in the ancient world, it'd be this idea of this lamp would be put more into this beacon that shines to illuminate the whole house. But the basket would be something that's to squelch the flame. You know, if you snuff out the candle, it's the light's gone. The picture he's trying to say is it would be crazy for anyone, the world in which he lived to, to shine this light and then to waste that precious flame and snuff it out. Or just to limit it to the people that are right gathered around. He's like, no, you you put it so it will beacon and so it will light everything. And so I, I was thinking about this in my life. Why would people, Christ followers who have the light, what would be some of the baskets? Again, in, in our world, like we're like baskets. We just turn on a switch. The worst thing ever is when you have to find your breaker box. You're like, I don't think we have one. You actually do, but you... We have just this luxury, it's just light switches. Occasionally your light bulb goes out, turn the switch off before you change it, right? But in the ancient world, it was, that wasn't, it wasn't that easy. And Jesus is saying, it's crazy. But is it like, if we're going to speak about the baskets, I, I think we have our own baskets. And it may seem crazy, but we have baskets in which we, we limit the, the light coming out in our own life. Well, what, what could those be? A few, I was thinking through, uh, it's the idea of maybe you're, you're talking with a coworker and they're facing some really difficult things and they're facing things that you yourself have faced, but Jesus, the light helped you. And you have this moment as you're hearing them and there's something inside you say, well, should I share the difference that Jesus made for me? But then there's something in you that's like, Oh, I don't want to bring that to work. I don't want to impose and we run all the scenarios of why it doesn't make sense. It's the, the basket of fear. We care what people think, which leads to this this other basket, the the basket of being labeled. Like if I if I start sharing the difference Jesus made and the light that He has to my own life, I'm going to be that person. Well, what's that person? Like that one, that like the religious nut one. As a Christian, that's that's usually like the biggest fear we'd have. We want to be a Christian as long as we're not that Christian. What's that one? The one that just talks crazy about God all the time and is well, be you. Don't be weird. Be you. But there's part of us where it's like we have fear and then we're like, we don't want to be labeled. And so we just keep our mouth shut. Jesus is saying that's crazy. You're putting a basket on the light that I'm doing in your life. You're not sharing and then there's the basket of busyness. Right? You know this because I would share, but you gotta do something else. I would invite them too, but I can't go myself. I want to include them, but like we just we're just too busy. The basket of busyness, the basket of fear, the basket of shame. We have our own baskets. Jesus is saying it's crazy as I'm in you let the light shine out you know what it look like we're, we're going to do another experiment a couple of weeks ago I turned all the lights off okay we're going to have another little science project real quick okay let's let's turn off all the lights okay this is the picture Jesus is saying okay you're you're the light however this is what it would look like with the light under the basket but Let's do this. You guys have your cell phones. Turn on. Remember, you know, we used back in the day, they used to have lighters, you know, and you used to get a rock concert. You just, man, now you just have a cell phone. But turn turn your light on just like that. Turn on. Just kind of shine it up. Right. And it's like church. They actually invite you to get your phone out. You don't have to sneak it. Right. So this is what Jesus saying is like when you when you follow me, I shine in you. And as I shine in you, I shine out. And people can see it. Now take this and put your, put your finger on it. Do you like the little E.T. For those of you who haven't seen it, go ahead and rent that. Okay? This, this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying you have this great light, but you're limiting it through barriers that you have in your mind. That you believe maybe your whole life. Like, I just, I don't know how to share it. I don't want to share it. Jesus is saying, like, I didn't come to illuminate like this. I came to illuminate. Now take your finger off. That's how he came. This is the light that God wants us to show to all those around us. Go ahead and turn the the lights back on. Go ahead and put your phones away. (laughs) It's fun while it lasted. But that's the that's the basket. Different things that we have. where We're just I don't want to share it. Jesus saying I I didn't come just for you. I came so that people in the darkness would experience the light and I'm not here anymore. And all of you in the San Gabriel Valley and in Southern California and the United States of America and in the world, all of you, my light shines through you as you follow me. That's the path now. They can't see Jesus, but they can see him through the way that we live. And it says that, so they'll give glory to your father in heaven. If you're a follower of Christ, people can't intuit that. You actually have to share with people the difference that he's made. How else could they give glory to him if they don't know who he is? This is what Jesus is saying. I came to be the light of the world, and it begins with being the light of your own life. And I'll shine within you, and I'll change you. And as I change you, let that change shine to others. And we have a great opportunity, and I want to wrap up with just a few next steps that you can take. Okay, light of the world—that's why Jesus came. He came to shine on people in the darkness. So I want to ask just a couple questions. First question: Who in your world? Can you shine toward? Okay? Who in your world can you shine toward? If you're not yet a follower of Christ, He just may be just shining to you right now. You're trying to figure out if this is real. And that's fine. Take your time, investigate, get your questions answered. But at one point, you're going to have to decide is this real enough that I need to come out of the darkness? Okay? For those of you that, that are Christians, this is a great opportunity before the end of the year to shine. At Christmas, people are asking questions like, what is this all about? They're wrapping up their year, they're reflecting, they're kind of looking ahead and they're just, there's lots of questions that people have. And they're just seeing this light flickering on and off from the things that they pursue. And they're, they're wondering, so just, who is it? Go ahead and write their name right now on your, on your handout. Now, if you pull out your connection card... That Jeremy had you fill out, pull that out too. And you can write their name on the first next step. This is what I'd like to do. Before the end of the year, I'd like to pray for you that you could shine your light towards that person. So if you write their name on the first next step, I'll commit to praying for you before the end of the year that you'll have a chance to do that. So it starts with who? Who can you shine your light towards, the light of Jesus towards? The second is what? So who can you shine towards? And then what are some ways that you can actually do that? It actually doesn't have to be vague. It can be very specific. So I've, I've listed some and I think they're on the screen in your handout as well. So who in your world can you shine towards? Write that. And then the next question is how, how can you, how can you do that? So let's go, go ahead and put that. How can you shine? First thing is Invite that person who you want to shine towards, towards the Christmas Eve service. Lots of people are interested in going to a service at Christmas. It seems like that's what you're supposed to do. So we don't actually fight against that. Embrace that. Invite somebody. That's why we have it. So next Sunday, if you're in town and there's somebody that you can shine towards, invite them. That may be one of the things you could do. The second. uh, Connect with that person by initiating a conversation. Now, sometimes this is, this is just, there's the lost art of actually having a conversation with people. You know, it's, it's, we have conversations through text and it's like, I just text the person that you're sitting next to at work. Like actually engage with them in conversation, ask them about their life, how things are going. Now, depending, if you've never done that, they're gonna be like, dude, what do you want? And what's wrong with you? But it could become the norm where people are like, wow, that person actually cares. Initiate with a neighbor. Maybe you just you just see them it's like, hey, and what if you just ask them a question? Like, how are you doing? You have any plans for this Christmas? Get into their world a little bit. Okay? Shine shine a little bit. Initiate a conversation. The third, and I'm gonna just go quick. Bake cookies and deliver them to Now, if you're not a baker, don't do that. (laughs) Buy them, okay? But Christmas is a great time for like barriers that are kind of people are down there, they're open. We do that in our neighborhood. My, my wife makes these like cinnamon sugar nuts and we, we deliver them to the neighbors. And we take the kids. The kids always help. You know, can we come in? No, you can't come in. You know, but it's this idea of just it's Christmas. Like we, we just wanted to make this. God God bless you. You know, and, and God opens doors like that. So maybe you want to make something. Uh, you want to maybe share your story of becoming a Christian. Now, this is where it gets a little bit more. OK, God, the light. The light? Where's my basket? God wants to Just you share your story. Somebody share something that they're going through. Connect it to what God's done in you. And there's going to be like a pit in your stomach like, oh goodness, this is so nerve-wracking. But see what God does. Share your story. Uh, share the gospel. The gospel. How, how to become a Christian. You know, as you talk about going to church, people may have questions about that. But is there a way that as you initiate a conversation, as they're getting to know you, they're asking, well, what's a Christian all about? And sometimes you're sharing the gospel of what a Christian is about without saying, like, I'm going to share the gospel of what a Christian is about. You could just say, do you know what a Christian is? I say, no. Well, if you have a moment, I could ex- just explain the Bible's definition of what makes a Christian a Christian. Would you like for me to hear, you know, would you like to hear that? You're not saying, do you want to become a Christian right now and change your entire life? <laughs> that freaks people out. But maybe they're interested in learning what a Christian is. You could define it. And then you link, this is what I've done. And God God works. Uh, Pray for your neighborhood every day. Maybe it starts there. Just walk around your neighborhood in the morning, at night, every day, before the end of the year. And just pray for your neighbors. Pray that God allowed you to connect with them, meet with them, let you see needs. Smile when you see them. Wave. Initiate conversations. All this can happen at once. And the last is just Maybe there's something else you need to do. But here's some suggestions. What I found in my own life, unless I actually commit to doing them, it becomes vague. And if I live vague, I don't do anything with my life. So be specific. So pray for the who. Who is it? And then think through the what. And then do it. The end of the year is coming. There may be an opportunity before 2017 wraps up for God to use you to be a light. So those are your next steps today. Think about a who. Write their name. Think about how, how you shine the light, and do it. And again, I'd love to pray for you as, as you do that. So finish jotting those down. You can write those on the connection cards. I'd love to pray with you this week. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up and pray for us. If you're in town, I want to invite you to come back next week for our Christmas Eve service. It'll be a great opportunity for us as a church just to remember the light and the grace and the hope of Jesus coming. And so I, I want to invite you and, and think through some family and friends that you can invite to join us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the person of Jesus who came in the flesh, who brought life and light so we don't have to live in darkness anymore. God, it's so easy to take that for granted. But we have, for all who have followed you, we've been rescued from darkness. Thank you for that. Thank you that it wasn't on our own effort. But it was through the act of you sending your son who came to fulfill the purpose on which he was sent. And that is to seek and save who's lost. God, I, I ask for people in our life that are in darkness that are struggling with the realities of life and following a light that flickers. God, will you allow our lives to intersect with theirs? We don't know how, we don't know when, we don't know what it would look like, but God, will you allow this to happen so the difference that you've made in us, we can shine with others who are in desperate need of hope. So we ask that you'll bring these opportunities in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.